I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Nielsen, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Both on and off the field, here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome Welcome to Utopia. All right, John, you ready to do a little six-pack? Get ready for the game? Absolutely. Six people, storylines, aspects of this game that we need to know about, and we'll give predictions on the game as well. John, as always, you go first. The biggest storyline to me is, is the offensive line. The running game's been awful. It was awful last week when they gained 86 yards and averaged 3.3 carry, and we were all ready to pop the champagne court. <laughs> and most of that came when Devin Singletary was running in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. and the game was out of reach. So the line, and I, I don't think it's possible, unless Damian Pierce were to break a long run, that they're going to get a lot of yards. But Bobby Slowick's got to call plays for it anyway to try to slow down Watt and I Smith. So I think it all starts – up front, but I don't think they're certainly going to be any better than they were because they just don't have the talent. Yeah, you just named my first one, and it's Bobby Slowick. This is a Bobby Slowick game, John. I mean, you're you're working in a it's a triage situation along the offensive line, but you got a really good quarterback. You've, your receiving room is better than anybody thought it would be before the season. You've got a good, you got a couple solid running backs in Pierce and Singletary. Dalton Schultz has got to. Got, got to pull his head out at some time here, John, and and make some plays for this team. So you've got you've got weapons out there, enough weaponry certainly to deal with getting into a shootout or whatever the offense is going to look like with the steel. You got enough firepower to to beat this Steelers offense. You know what I mean? And I, like the Texans have the better offense of these two teams. Kenny Pickett stinks. He's terrible. So to me, it's a slow game. He's got to find some plays. He's got to find some ways to scheme around this offensive line, and T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, and I think a lot of that's going to have to do with probably a short pass game. You know, you got to put it on C.J. Stroud in a way that's not compromising him. So I think getting the ball out quick, probably a lot of things like Jacksonville likes to do, like last week. You know, Trevor Lawrence just getting the ball out fast, the guys. I think that's what it's going to be. But this is a Bobby Slowick game. If they win this game, we will be talking on Sunday night on the Utopia Football Podcast. He will be Bobby Slowick will be one of the stock ups guaranteed if the Texans win this game. If they were to pull off this upset, we'd be talking about the offensive line and left guard Kendrick Green, who started for the Steelers two years ago, then not last year, and they got rid of him to the Texans because they were desperate. My I don't have, my second one's going to be Stroud. It doesn't bother me that Dalton Schultz is not catching passes because I don't want him taking passes away from the wide receivers. They've got 
two guys that are big play receivers, one that's very reliable. They all have 15 catches. If they're going to throw the ball 50 times a game, sure. Tight ends catch the ball more. Wouldn't surprise me if we don't see more Brevin Jordan when they have. They're going to give Dalton Schultz every opportunity to become more uh, involved in a positive way since they paid him $9 million for one year and probably made some promises to him about the opportunities he's going to receive, receive. But one of the most impressive things Stroud did last week, besides not turn it over, was uh, spread the ball around. I think it was I can't remember eight or nine receivers caught passes, yeah. and they all and they all had their moments. Those three wideouts all had their moments, and so did Brevin Jordan. He had a touchdown. He was the kind of lost in space. You forget he's even on the team, and he had two catches. And Stroud really talks him up, so you know Stroud's going to try to get him the ball. But Stroud has got to avoid Watt and Highsmith. And if somehow I'd say if those guys. If the over-under on sacks between them was three and they could keep it at the under, I think the Texans would have a chance to pull off the upset. I would say so too. Yeah. If they get if okay, under means two. So that's uh if if that's one sack apiece for TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, I would sign up for that right now. Like not knowing what the rest of the game looked like, John. If 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 someone came to me and said the only thing you're allowed to control is you can pick one thing to control, one stat to control. And if, if they said available to me is one sack apiece for TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, I'd sign up for that and then let the chips fall where they may with the rest of the game. Absolutely. Um, my second one, fourth overall in the six pack, is the return of Jalen Petrie. Um, this is a quarterback who can be had, John. Kenny Pickett, he'll, he'll throw one up there for you. Um, I think this is a game that's going to be We'll get into predictions in a minute, but just generally speaking, I think it's going to be a tight, probably a low-scoring game that could be decided by turnovers, maybe even a big play that swings the field with a turnover. I don't think this is going to be a shootout. I think I, I expect C.J. Stroud to play well. I just don't expect this to be one of those 20 for 30 for 280 yards like last week or 384 yards like the week before that. If he's dropping back that much, it's probably dangerous at that point. Um, so you're going to need turnovers. I ain't getting Jalen Petrie back from this bruised lung. He's fresh. Um, he's probably super motivated to make some plays and he looked good in the half that he played against Baltimore. He made some impactful plays as a blitzer. He might even, that might be even be his biggest impact, John, if they choose to bring the heat on Kenny Pickett a little bit, Jalen Petrie is a really good blitz guy. He makes a lot of the game changing plays. He makes a lot of them are in the backfield, whether it's a tackle for loss or a sack. So I think getting Petrie back and having him and Jimmy Ward on the field at the same time for the first time this year is going to be huge for this team. One of the things that he excelled at the most at Baylor was making tackles for losses and blitzing quarterback. And if he didn't get a sack, at least disrupt the timing with the receiver and force him to get rid of it. You know he's chomping at the bit to uh, be able to uh, come back and play in such a big game. It means so much to so many people here. And I hope he plays very well and I hope he can stay healthy because he was talking about how hard it was for him to breathe with that bruised lung after he got Lamar Jackson's knee in his chest. So he said he's 100% though. My next one is Frank Ross's special teams. Will Anderson Jr. had the block field goal to set up a short touchdown. Andrew Beck, the first guy over 250 pounds, returned a kickoff for a touchdown. Um, and I love to see Tank Dell get his hands on the ball more as a punt returner, but the special teams, which are always good, best in the NFL last season, they need to keep making big plays to affect field position. And if they can do that, that would certainly enhance their chance 
to send the Steelers back home with a loss for the first time since opening day. Yeah, special teams is it's it's huge. The Texans once again, John, under Frank Ross. Do you think Frank Ross could be a head coach someday? A lot of people over there think that uh, Frank could. Now, one of the things that I think Frank needs to do is when when he does his interviews every Thursday, he is straight by the book, and when he talks, he's a good talker. But I think he needs to open up a little more. But people say he's very talented. You know, John Harbaugh was a special teams coach. Back then, they didn't make you have the coordinators talk. But Andy Reid always wanted Harbaugh once a week to come in there and talk to the media. And the idea was to promote Harbaugh as a serious head coaching candidate. And the more Harbaugh talked, the more impressed people were with everything he talked about. Football, of course, he's been one of the best coaches in the league since the uh, Baltimore hired him. But uh, if that's one of Frank's goals, I think uh, I'd love to see him do it. He's a good guy. He's been, does a great job here. He does. I, I like Frank Ross a lot. I I, I thought of, I, if, when I've been around him and, and, you know, either talk to him or listen to him talk or whatever, he does strike me as having some head coach qualities. He's got a great charisma about him, really good energy about him for sure. Yes, he does. No doubt. Um, all right. My, my last one, John, what was it? Because it was going to be special teams, and then you swiped special. Sorry, teams. that's okay. That's you. That's why. That's why you get to go first. Um, <laughs> let's see here. It, no, I had it in my brain. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jalen Peach. Oh, Steven Nelson. Steven Nelson. The the Steelers do not have a ton of weapons that can can really beat you in this game on singular plays. Like Najee Harris is a nice running back. And is it uh, is it Jalen uh, uh, Warren Warren who is the backup? He's he's made some plays, but they're generally not a very good football team, and they're not a good running football team. George Pickens though has he is a threat. He's a really good young receiver, and he the only touchdowns they scored in that Cleveland win that they had on Monday Night Football were defensive touchdowns and long catches by George Pickens in that game. He's really really good. He's very talented. Stephen Nelson is probably going to draw that assignment, I would guess, with no Derek Stingley out there. So. Steven Nelson in this game, making sure that you don't allow any big plays. Make sure you are forcing the Steelers, John, to have to go 8, 9, 10, 12 plays to go get anything because eventually they'll screw it up. So don't allow any big chunk plays. And I think the biggest place that they get chunk plays, the Steelers, or potentially get them, is with George Pickens. That assignment, I'm guessing, is Steven Nelson. So Steven Nelson is the last bottle in the six-pack, if you will. Nelson has played very well this year, even better than last year when he played well. And, and talking about cornerbacks, there's one on the Steelers going to want a little revenge. Oh, yeah. Des- Desmond King, they cut him. We were all shocked. Steelers got him immediately. And you know he wants to have a big game to get some revenge. I haven't followed. Is he getting on the field for them, John? Is he playing for them? I haven't paid any attention. Yeah. Kendrick Green, revenge game for him, as you mentioned, John. There's all there's revenge all over the place for, for these uh, these two squads. <laughs> all right. So, what's your prediction, General? Uh, I'm predicting the Steelers twenty to seventeen. 
Picking the Steelers, huh? Well, I absolutely, you, as you know, as you know, absolutely, it's a two and a half point spread, Johnny. He's making it sound like it's a, like it, they're going to get blown out or something. Everybody's Come on, everybody's gotten so fired up. Like, every show I've been on, except with you and Seth, they're talking about winning the division and all this. I'm like, guys, it's three games into the season. It's really bask in the glory of the victory, which was great, but you know, you got to pump the brakes a little bit. John, you got to forgive people. This like, this is a foreign feeling right now from the last three years. So I think it's great for this week, but man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I haven't made any grand predictions like that, like winning the division or anything, but as you know, I picked them to win this game before the Jacksonville game. I'm not one of these Johnny come lately. I said on this very podcast that the Texans first win of the season when they were 0 two and everybody thought they were the dregs of the league, I thought that the Steeler game would be the first game they'd win. I didn't think they'd beat Jacksonville. I picked Jacksonville, but I did pick them to cover the spread against Jacksonville, unlike you, who thought they were going to get blown out. Um, I got the 20-point spread, right? You got the spread, right? You said the wrong team. (laughs) Um, Fair. Uh, But... um, but I picked them over a week ago. I thought the energy, the you know, the the JJ Watt energy, the desperation of being 0-3. And the big thing is the fact that I just don't think this is a great Steelers football team. The the obviously the big concern is the one thing the Steelers do at an elite level for the Steelers' sake matches up perfectly with what the Texans are suffering right now, which is injuries on the offensive line. But I I'm trusting in Bobby Slowick that he's going to be able to scheme around this. I'm trusting in CJ Stroud that he's this zero sack thing against Jacksonville last week is is due in big part as much to him as it is the offensive line. You know, getting rid of the football, not taking sacks, certainly not taking big chunk sacks like he was against Baltimore in week one where he's getting sacked and it's second and 23 all of a sudden or something like that. So I'm going Texans 23-20 in this game. I got the Texans. Ooh, Texans well, it'll be a great week if you're right. What oh, yeah. a great day for J.J. Watt, Ring of Honor, people be celebrating two and two and talking about that AFC South time. Amen. Amen. John, you want to do something? Right. Thank you. I do too. I hope I'm right too. <laughs> I hope you're wrong.